0: Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan, who isn't naked, sweating, he is clothed, so am I which is strange Thank because it's the Lord because, for it, that. because it's, it's so hot I think we could give ourselves a break for being naked it's absolutely roasting in this the part summer of the could, world
1: because was it last week we were complaining about the fact that the summertime had sort of you know just completely forgotten to make an appearance yeah. and this week the last few days it's yeah. been baking hot yeah. it's also been a time of waves too which
0: doesn't only really coincide with this part of the world by the way I'm Incredibly jealous. But if you live in Bali or you live in Australia or you live in South Africa, California, California, keep going with this. Yeah. You'll get this amazing thing called sun and waves. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Where we live. Do you know what? They don't know how lucky they are. They're absolutely. We're not a lad. Dude. Sun and
0: waves. You tell, What are you telling me? <laughs> sun and waves. So this thing called sun and waves. Now, I know it's a bit of a peculiar one to anyone British especially, over a, to especially
1: this. over a public holiday so yeah we have these things called bank holidays yeah. as well yeah where everybody gets a day off over the week like an extra day off yeah. over the weekend yeah and to combine sunshine and bank holidays public holidays and waves and waves is, is terrible actually because the crowds are huge <laughs> So we have this thing, actually,
0: this country has a much higher surf population than people realise. If you listen to us abroad from the UK,
1: um, just know we do get serious crowds like you do. Hey, mate, there's two bloody poms over there talking about (laughs) waves. Do they get waves in the UK? (laughs) Yeah,
0: I know, I know. I've listened to podcasts before where people think we don't. He's from where? UK? They get waves? What? Like, in Cornwall? I've heard of
1: Cornwall. Yeah, maybe. Mr. Bialos there's a, there's a gentleman on the phone from the UK asking about surfboards. You're telling me they get waves in the <laughs> UK?
0: What I really like about your Matt Bialos impression, which he's is he's really get, obscure. He's getting
1: more soprano. He's
0: getting A, more soprano, but B, I love how much you love it. So when you see you do it, you light up, dude, it. it's brilliant. I think he's probably listening going, these are a couple of... Absolutely, I wasn't gonna say the c word then. I was close. You see, I'm getting better, slowly but surely. If you listen to our show, I've used that c word a little bit less. I just, I just, I got to say, I'm like it's a big stream. Cleaning
1: up the cleaning up the
0: palate of my mouth. Um, a couple of twats. is what I was gonna say. so He's listening, going, there ain't a hope in hell that they're gonna get sponsorship from me. And they want these puddle jumper series, and they want the sub scorcher, and all these great boards of mine, and my mid lengths, and they want all that. Well, they're going to have to be a dance sight nicer. So there you go. Going back to the waves. Yeah, we do
1: actually get waves. We do
0: actually surf and we do actually get waves. It was sunny at the same time. It was really, really nice being able to be on my shoreboard because I mostly surf, as you do, do mostly surf a groveler because we have very grovelly waves. And so being on my shoreboard in... How do you turn this? Four to six? Because as soon as you say that, you sort of... Well, is it Hawaiian scale? Is it... Wave face scale, you know, what are the scales? So let's not use that. Let's just use head high, double overhead, whatever. It was probably head and a half, breaking very, very powerfully. I think Morgan Porth, which is where we surfed, is probably up there with French beach brakes for power. And so brakes with real velocity, but it was breaking perfectly. So there was not only power, but there's a shoulder there. It was rippable. And being on the shoreboard, it really reminded me of what it's like to not have to pump of surfboard where we live, and I think most people would say this because we've said this before on the show. I think you know we got this idea that when they're in, you're in Oz and America or wherever you were living, that the waves just always are on and absolutely pumping. Well, of course it's not. We all have to grovel sometimes, but where we live, we really do just grovel, grovel, grovel. So you, what you do is you got to generate your own speed. When the wave is giving it to you, it's a really interesting paradox. This paradox is right through the universe, aren't there? But the thing is, you're going faster, but yet you're going slower it's a very peculiar thing so as i'm taking off into my first wave it's absolutely gonna throw and go hard and this whole thing is like whoa adrenaline and the focus goes through the roof because you can't make any error so there's no thoughts it's so focused and then boom take off up feet land in the right spot thank goodness and i'm sort of as i'm going around the corner the only thing i'm thinking of is bottom turn to top turn because there's no need to, the wave is flying. You kind of, you've slowed down your approach is what it is. So that if the wave has gone so fast, breaking well, hell can't just be too fast in closing out, but breaking fast, it slows our surfing down. So I I just I was like, whoa, I've got so much time. I was out in the flats. I was out and shot ahead of the lip, which means all you do is come back now. So you just got to compress your legs. And yeah, you've got to be strong. You got to work on your training, all these things, but you compress. Really push off the bottom. Whoa! There's the lip. Bang off the top. Bang. Here we go. Next one. I know that's a skill in itself. Of course it is. In the top top guys make it look way easier than it really is. Of course it's hard. But that surf, honest to god, a scale on one to ten, the difficulty of it was about a two. Ten being highly highly challenging, and difficult. A lot of my local surfs here, where we're groveling in even quite nice grovelly waves, I can put seven eight nine in terms of difficulty. So as waves get better. I think we can slow things down and be on smaller boards. But the thing is, with that, is, of course, there's so much nuance. It's like, you know, what is your background? What is your story? How long have you been surfing? You know, what waves do you like? What waves don't you like? What is your nature like? Your character? Like, do you like a bit of fear and a bit of adrenaline? Or do you prefer it a bit more mellow? Whatever. So there's loads that goes into it, I know.
1: but And there's it, waves out there for everybody to suit their requirements or there you level. Go. See, I didn't surf. I was having a romantic weekend down there, and Will was down separately. And we had different, mm-hmm. we surfed in different places we weren't having a romantic weekend together. It does happen. We do spend we do spend time do apart. Spend time apart. <laughs> um but I had the op- I had a, g- a great Thursday surf in Cornwall, lovely, great place and can I say sort of friendly lineups as well. Some really nice I met some really lovely people down there. Uh, fellow Yorkshiremen as well in in the sea around Newquay. Um but I then also surfed. So it takes you back to the idea of surf like no one's watching. I had an experience of both some great sort of experience of learning more. But I ended up getting in because I had a short window on the Friday and surfed a what was essentially a close out peach break. and flipping neck. I'm not going to use the oh, word oh, flip. Oh, was drop me but I am thinking about what Matt Biolos would say. So <laughs> <laughs> <he> doesn't <laughs> yeah. swear. But I got the best and the worst wipeout I've ever had combined, just in terms of excitement level, of taking off on this thing that was going, Oh, it's gonna close out, but I'm going anyway, which previously I backed out on. You have? It was exhilarating, but I then was thrashed by this uh, by this wave, which wasn't humongous, but it was enough with enough meat in it to give you a little goober diving lesson in the washing machine. And I wish I'd have watched. I came home. I was going to save this to Surf Media Insights. Although, to be fair, it was closing out. There was a little Ombi clip on taking off on steep waves late, and that would have helped. But whoa, I think I caught four waves in an hour and got thrashed on most of them.
0: Everyone gets humble. Yeah. Everyone eats humble pie. Everyone. Top to the very bottom, whatever the bottom is, or the top, by the way. But you know what I mean. Everyone gets humbled. But I got to say this: you would have massively benefited without having my voice go. Oh yeah. Go 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 Because what happens is you haven't listened to this show for a while, or before. If this is your first time to the show, this is thing that I do. So as the wave gets more gnarly and more absolutely perfect bomb, whatever you want to insert, what label you will. With Liam or a friend going for it, I get more aroused. I get more heightened as to like, you know, go, go, go and start screaming. And, uh, I don't think it does you any good at all. It just puts you off. You've got this fear already, which is, you know, already there. And it's like, oh, thanks very much, Will, because you've now made it 10 times worse. Because if you're getting that excited, then this clearly is obviously absolute dredger and a complete bomb.
1: I want to get Will back on a rugby pitch so that when Maro Itoje comes down and the doesn't, good. anybody that doesn't know Maro, He's a huge, and foreseen second row. You would not want to run into him. And I'll be saying to Will, go, 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 into the tackle. <laughs> and get
0: absolutely melted. Yeah, yeah. It's true. And here's the thing. Here's what's really unfair on you, particularly unfair. Now, listen, we learn from our experiences. So I have done it much, much less and try to not do it at all with you now, Liam, because I've it wasn't working that and it's not great. But sure. the first time I've been in those kind of ways with our other ridiculous really mm. friend, Ollie, and. I did it straight away. Now he was paddling for a wave that was a proper bomb, and he says, "You know, definitely the heaviest wave he would ever paddled for, and all these things." And I'm down on the inside. I'm about to take it on the head, which I'm, I'm like, "Shit, this is gonna, this is gonna hurt." But um, I just watched him, and just, oh, I was just about to scream. Oh, I think I'll shut up. So, me shutting up is a skill in itself.
1: He <laughs> it's like, oh, "Really? We don't need a bar of wax to take into the sea before." you know, we go surfing with Will, we need a little bar of shut the fuck up.
0: Shut the <laughs> fuck up. And hey, one day, and one day, what's that? What happening is, what's that, Liam? I'll die in some big wave incident and then everyone will be surfing locally and go, Oh, Oh, it's a bit, it's a bit
1: quiet. It's all right. We'll have a paddle out Just for have you. Just have a, one paddle out for me. Just give me one. We'll all sit in a circle. Just, thanks. Holding hands. Just
0: one. The thing is, is that you do go back to your, your situation, dude, is that you do hesitate at the top of the lip. Now, the littlest hesitation in anything, in any sport, let's be honest. Um, completely. You start to create a cascade effect because everything's about sequence. Sequences in all of sport are the most important thing. You follow step A to B to C. And if you actually just follow those steps, suddenly stuff happens. Obviously, it's the mind that gets the way and the body. Obviously, there's limitations with the body. We, you know, I'd love to be able to do an air, but actually, my knee, <laughs> my heavy physique, and whatever it starts But the point is, if I followed the steps of air properly, then I'm sure I could get way better than them, obviously. Yeah. So it becomes about goals and motivation too. So I kind of then start going, well, actually, I'd, it doesn't appeal to me that much right now. I'm okay with airs. I'm okay with what I'm doing. So I might come back to that and approach it differently. But for yourself, and please tell me I'm wrong, but I know that you want to better take off in. Not huge waves, but just waves that are... Yeah,
1: we're not talking... Not YMETA. No no, no, no. And you know yourself, don't you? Yeah, I think yeah. I'm a, I am ai love my sort of easy... I say easy, but just... It's not about size. It's about kind of relative power, isn't it? And stuff that propels you along the wave, as you say, that makes the things that you've been learning almost easier to put into practice because of the course. wave's moving fast enough. And we had a surf up in North Devon a couple of weeks ago that we were yeah. sort of raving about that did all of those things, you know? It was head to a little bit over at some points but there was the shape of the wave and the power of the wave all came together all knitted as it often does on those perfect days where it all knits together and you go oh yeah this is surfing this is what it's like but some of the heavier stuff where it's more when it's closing out a little bit more, or it's a bit of a heavier drop. It absolutely challenges all of the limits of my mental capacity, rather than actual physical, in a way, which is really weird. And it's trying to bring those two things into balance, as we've said. And breathing has been a big part of that for me, which you and I have gone through, Will. And then the other thing is exactly that, sort of taking those steps. So what's really helped, I think, and if anybody's listened to this and kind of improve a level of the journey that I'm on, and the, the sort of maybe relate to this, is it's helped to push outside into those heavier still outside the comfort zone, if you like, margin of waves, and then come back. And when you come back into your comfort zone, your surfing's already improved, and you're then not even thinking about the takeoff, for example. It's a bit like training with a weight vest, isn't it? Like, oh, no, not one more, not one more pull-up, not one more push-up. When you take it off, it's easier, and you're not even thinking about it then. The mind's become quieter. I find that's really helped, but absolutely no real ambition to surf the huge stuff. I'll leave that to younger, fitter humans than, than me. But who knows? Who knows where this life of anything, surfing takes us?
0: Anything's possible. Yeah, Anything's possible. I do like big waves. I do. I, I have a liking of them for the main reason of the challenge that it creates and therefore the thought-free time that it creates too. Because let's be perfectly honest, you know, there's, <laughs> the quote, I didn't know I had a problem until I started thinking about one, is so much of why we surf. It's so much of why we do anything because we're just trying to create some peace and release and time free from our own, basically, issues. When you get so much focus in a situation, uh, for some people, whether that's driving a car at some crazy speed or someone else facing, you know, 90-mile-an-hour bowling in cricket or whatever, or for or someone else, small. It might, whatever it might be, if you put adrenaline in the mix, it's a very, very potent noise canceler. And I mean the no- internal noise, because you're just so in the moment. And it also gives you this really deep understanding I feel really visceral understanding of what it really means to be afraid and I think that's a really interesting thing because it's kind of this thing where you know this is like okay now be in fear like all the other stuff was nonsense no 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 now now actually I want you to be it's what Laird Hamilton calls preparation juices you know when you're in a state of fear as long as the mind is roughly under control by virtue of letting thoughts pass taking deep breaths kind of really staying in the moment, staying focused. If you've got that fear in the body that you fucking need that and you want that, it's learning how to contain that in the body and not let it spill too heavily into the mind. That's the absolute key of pushing yourself in any department because you're going to have all this change in biochemistry. It's going to go on, this, that. You're going to be in bigger waves, this, that, whatever. If the thoughts start creeping in more and more and more, that's when we start getting this sort of loss of the moment and we're thinking of the future. You know, what if, basically. It's being able to spot that, bring the breathing back to the body, but go anyway. And trusting, there has to be underlying everything, be a trust that you're going to be all right. I think that we can't force that. But when I go into big waves, my overarching mantra is I've got this and I'm going to be all right. And I think that's a hard one to change. That goes into the subconscious and you go, well, you know, how can you change that? Well, through work, you can and through time, but it ain't easy.
1: I think that's where training and anything... And you see improvement on all levels of all sports or all areas of life for people that push themselves through those barriers. And often they're like self-imposed barriers, aren't they? So your fear is an important kind of survival mechanism at times. I'm relating to this from a much smaller perspective, if you like. But when you go through fear, as you say, in different scenarios in life, and that could be as simple as public speaking. It could be these guys who go to war eventually a repetition of things or a training and a building of skills around those things with the right level of mindset coaching as well, you can overcome what you previously thought was the fear barrier. And then it's stretched, isn't it? So then you say, well, where's the next stretch of that? And as long as it's within the realms of your training, as you say, you've got to push yourself when you've trained, but if you can do it physically, then the next leap is mentally, isn't it? I mean, we were talking about Maya Gabera last week on the show, and like you say, we were talking about the criticism in a way of... She said she was fascinated by the power and the force and the bravery of like going in and surfing these these waves. To be able to sort of put your mind and your body through that portal of, you know, what me as a sort of mere mortal would think is a sort of almost a guaranteed death experience, never mind a near-death experience. The coming out the other side must be phenomenal. Everybody's stretch, if you like, everybody's adrenaline for fun release kicks in at different levels
0: it uh, so does and so what makes some one person afraid yeah won't make another and it's yeah. really really intriguing that's what's wonderful about how we're all so different there's a really good quote on fear since we're on this topic which is that uh it stands for false evidence appearing real because so much of what stops us is this kind of mind made made up information being sent to the body in order to stop and not do stuff but like you said dude as soon as you stretch that zone a little bit by overcoming it with just, just action, despite the fear, you start finding out that you're capable of way more than you thought. Yeah. It's a really exciting thing.
1: It's, what's the consequence of inaction, if you like? What's the price you pay for giving into the fear that may be more perceived than real? Way higher mm. than the real fear.
0: I think when we have real fear, at the times I've been really afraid in the serve. The main thing it's affected is my mind. It's a really interesting thing because the body... It's totally silent, obviously, and totally prepared. It's full of this really important ingredient, adrenaline, dopamine, all these hormones for aliveness, awakeness, you know, go, 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 energy, etc. But it definitely is the times where the mind has started to confuse me and the mind has started to go, okay, this is too much. Or you're at your depth. Or what's going to happen? How are you going to get in? How are you going to manage this? What about if this next set breaks in your head on these things? And I always remember being in Hawaii and just having that, This one wave that I will always remember. I've never, and genuinely never been so afraid to paddle for a wave. And yet my body just kept taking strokes and they took the next stroke and the next stroke. And I knew this was really interesting with surfing. When we, whenever we surf steeper waves or bigger waves is we all know that there are the last four strokes. It's almost like you could write a book on this. Like, what are the final four strokes? Well, okay. So we all know in surfing that you want to paddle for the wave. You get a little surge of the wave underneath because you think, actually, I might make this. I might catch this. You feel the surge. You feel the surge. You've got to carry on paddling. You've got to meet the speed of the wave with your board. As you're just lipping a little bit, the lip is just starting to pick you. You and the lip have become one, shall we say. Then the board starts going downhill of the wave. So it just starts teetering over the wave. Now, you can't get up yet because it would be too soon. So just as you're teetering over the lip of the wave and then you're going down the wave a little bit, if you stand up there, again, too soon. Because you're now going to stand up on the lip. You do not already stand off on the lip of a wave. That's like the worst place to be. So you have then this situation unfolding, which is that you're going down a wave already, but you know you have four more strokes. You have to take another deep one and then another one. So by this point, it is entirely about commitment. So if your mental commitment is, I'm going to take another four so that I can at least try and make this you might end up making the wave of your life. It's those final strokes. I've seen it a million times when people haven't got away, is there's always this little moment when they don't take those final few. I say four, those last to really get down and knife into that lip because mm. you want to be then under the lip taking off with your board in contact with the wave. If you're taking off with that board, <laughs> we've all done it, hovering near the surface of that giant, that, not giant wall but gnarly wall that might be six feet, 10 feet, 12 feet, whatever you fancy. You do not want to be there. I've seen it. I've seen a buddy of mine hesitate on a wave in Croyd, which a lot of people listening to this will know. And it must have been six to eight feet, eight to 10. I don't know. Just very large, very powerful. Not many people in. It's always a good sign. And he did that. He had a final two, three, four to go and get this thing. And then he, so he sort of stood up just as it was actually not even there. And he <laughs> he landed in the falls got sucked back into the fall and got a world of pain after that point. Oh. So it really is like rugby. Mm. You know, when at times where I used to hurt, get hurt was when I didn't absolutely try and throttle someone. If I really committed to a tackle, I never got hurt. might bounce every now and then and get absolutely humbled.
1: I think that's kind of the situation for most of those kind of uh, sports or even sort of lower contact sports or even life. You know, if you commit to something and you go for it, the consequences are sort of reduced a little bit mm. because you've got full focus on what you're going for.
0: Your uh, vibe is high. The
1: vibe is high, yeah, and you think you're going for it. I mean, I don't know if this is technical advice, and don't take it from me if, uh, if you're listening to this and, and you try this and it doesn't work, work out, but what's helped me a lot as well is the realisation as I've progressed back into surfing that on those critical bits, you've got to paddle a few more strokes and your kind of mind's going, well, am I going to make this? Is occasionally just holding on to the boat if you don't get up As long as you're on the board and you're holding onto it and you're going in the right direction, it's better than standing up too early and going over the falls. So there have been times when we've surfed sort of slightly more, for my level, critical, if you like, waves. Critical is a good word. And I haven't quite made that at the first pop-up. And I've got fairly strong... I'm I'm usually up quickly. It's your strongest thing. But I'm just body surf a little bit, the the wave, and then come up and out of the foam. That's also helped me think, what's the worst that can happen? And as soon as you start to dial back in that, the mind telling you that things are going to be catastrophic it helps a lot you know it helps your progression a lot so there you go very cool i'll take that into the microwaves we might get this afternoon yeah i was gonna
0: say (laughs) absolutely hey hope you're enjoying the show if you connect with what we do here at the mindful surfer why not share it with your friends or go on over to itunes and leave us a review because the more ratings we have the more likely it is liam and i can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers now let's get back to the show Guys, moving on to second number two, Mindful Surfer. Just a couple of moments just to check in with the breathing. So take a breath in through your nose. And breathe out. And breathe in. I want you to hold your breath at the top. So take a deep breath in. Hold it for four, three, two, one. And then I want you to breathe out for five. So five, four, three, two, and one. Pause. Take another breath in for four. One, two, three, and four. We're to hold for six seconds now. Five, four, three, two, one. And then the final breath out. Breathe out for six seconds. Five, four, three, two, and one. Well done, guys. Towards the end of that counting down that I was doing, I had a little bit of... um. Mango juice repeat on me just slightly. So I just rode that. Rode that like a wave. Just to better say what I was about to say <laughs> towards the end. Because when you're recording a podcast, people don't realise that you've got all your bodily functions taking place, all kinds of noises, all kinds of hot, cold, whatever else going on within the studio. So we are we are real humans. We are here. We're not robots.
1: Not AI. We're not AI, AI surfer. Just yet. It is hot in the studio it's though, isn't really it? It's really
0: warm right now, really. See with the mindful surf, we do this every week. And this is segment number two. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you'll know it well. But if you're new to it, you're new to this too. The question becomes why? Why do we call it the mindful surfer? Why is it our kind of everything in a way? And the reason why with the breathing is because there's so many wonderful representations of what breathing is and what it does for you. in also in the same way that how surfing is. So it's the ebb and flow of everything. So things come up and then they drop down. Now when waves come in, they come in and then they drop down. To be in symbiosis with that is to breathe consciously. The planet itself is breathing. So everything is going through a wave effect. And when you really work at your breathing, you basically start to realize you can feel a lot better than you you realize you could. Because it doesn't have to be core meditation. We've discussed this before.
1: Or mindfulness. Or
0: even mindfulness. It's just these fucking words. We've got... (laughs) I listen, people are going to say, well, I think you actually love words. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just fucking shut the fuck up. No, but it's this thing where sometimes I really dislike words because they just don't do a service. No, that's the best thing we've got, this thing called words, but it's not great at times.
1: No, and sometimes in trying to kind of words can articulate very well a kind of principle and idea or what you're trying to sort of get across. But when it comes to, to the presence, which is what kind of hopefully meditation and mindfulness bring people back into in the same way that surfing is like that cheat code into a, a state of complete here and now, there aren't really any words to, to kind of describe. And in fact, that should, should, should's a terrible thing, but that can be the quietest of places to be. And maybe in its sort of silence, and this is not, it doesn't mean all the sounds are turned off, but in its silence and the awareness of where we are just right now, there are no words that can really help that particular moment. Not even close.
0: There's so many subconscious triggers that take place with words. It's fascinating. You know, and someone, someone hears that there's a show called The Mindful Surfer. Now, whether they're aware of this or not, first thing pop to their head is, fuck Sabba.
1: Let me tell you, Mike, it, they're not <laughs> mindful. <laughs> and they ain't
0: as sure as fuck they ain't surfers. <laughs> but especially as someone gets a little bit of a grasp of the show and they talk about pubic hair and they say, fuck, you can't be mindful that's not spiritual, that's not... And you're sort of like, well, you know, I feel the most spiritual people I know have the best sense of humour. It's just never at the expense of doing harm to others, but just like to have a laugh, because it's like, well, it's the ultimate sophistication. It's, you know, having a laugh. Laughing and crying,
1: two most therapeutic things on this planet, apart from surfing. Yeah, that is breathing. You're almost ecstatic breath, isn't it? Yeah. You're in and out. You kind of, sometimes you're gasping for it, but then you get that air in and it's... Those kind of unplanned uncontrolled fits of giggles or laughter that are actually quite rare in a way are to be completely embraced and just cherished as if they are this kind of wave of perfect conditions, whatever you want to call that. because it's true joy, isn't it? It's absolutely unadulterated joy. 100%. Yeah. Take
0: number three, mind-body stoke, things Liam and I have been working on with our minds and bodies to raise the stoke. Now, I am on a week of trying to masturbate Eight times per day to see what that does. Oh,
1: Christ, he's gone. Um,
0: now maybe I'm doing this because <laughs> I just spoke about sense of humor and I need to loosen up again. I think I'm getting a little. I'm getting a little too restricted. I need to start like releasing the valves again. Talk about wanking and, and that kind of thing. But on a serious note, it's been 25 times I've been trying to do not. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm doing now is looking at Liam's face and it's the where? face of I'm just thinking, utter where? disapproval where is he going now when is he going to move on where from is the show because it's it. not even very funny <laughs> so if people listen to the show I've struggled with my knee injured it when I was younger and playing rugby and only really started experiencing more problems in my 30s really truthfully and like any injury it's not black and white it's there's nothing just so there's no injury that is just so and someone might come along to me and say well, well I'm missing a leg you're telling me that's not just so mm-hmm. well of course there are extremes mm-hmm. I'm just putting it to the extreme to one mm. side. We're talking about niggles here mm. that go on a scale of 1 to 10. Like how much does it niggle you? Yeah. you know, one end, which is never niggles me, or yeah. 10 out the other, whatever. And how that scale works is incredibly nuanced. And therefore, because it's so nuanced, I really want you, if you have any niggles in your body that persist, just to have massive hope, is the word, that you can do so much about them. What that action ends up being be down to the universe and your decision making it'd be down to where you go with everything obviously it's a very obvious statement but the thing i want to talk about here is when you're making those decisions do not expect them to go perfectly the perfection that i have because i am such a perfectionist with my health and and i know it's part of also what makes me unhealthy at times because overanalyze stuff massively at the same time it's also part of what gives me a lot of drive to try and find out the root causes of stuff it's just how i am So that being said, I surfed the other day on that amazing day. Then the next day, things started creeping in, this niggle again. And I always get it after backside surfing. There's something about my backside that it niggles it, it hurts it, it does something weird to my knee. That's just the pattern I've noticed. Except from previous evidence, I can spot that when my inflammation's down enough from dietary aspects, training, lifestyle bits, supplements that I can do my backside surfing and actually just manage it. It's fine. We had that surf the other day, two, three weeks ago, and I was doing tons of turns in that surf and backside surfing. Yeah, it was a little grumbly, nothing perfect at all, but I subsided, no big deal. But I think this week was different. Now, the thing is, is that the mistake, if there is such a thing that I made, was I started eating histamine-raising foods again because I fucking love food. (laughs) And my diet is incredibly restricted enough as it is i eat a really um what you would call an autoimmune based diet where i'm kind of trying to eat certain foods that don't inflame my conditions which are around kind of arthritisy bits they are but also skin skin conditions i have, I have psoriasis so i'm particularly vigilant about what goes in to my body so see how it reacts with my system when i have histamine raising foods now that is foods that are aged like wine chocolate nut butters old fish you know ham Dried fruit. Mm. Now, this is where I go with this. Cause I, I started necking down loads of dates. I oh, love good stuff. dates. Oh my God. It fucking don't me started on the dual dates. And I'm now sat here now, four days later, having had dates each night. First day was grumbling it more. Next day, grumbling it again. And I am in denial land. We all do this utter denial. We every human on the planet. No matter how enthusiastic they are about their health, they'll be in to about something. Because we can't be conscious about everything. You're only human. Your subconscious mind takes out, you know, just it's what happens. And then hindsight's a wonderful thing. That's why they call it wonderful. And yesterday I said, like, whoa, I said to Alice, my wife, I was like, honey, yeah, I've been taking the piss with the aged foods. She said, well, you did. I did say, you know, on night one, you know, honey, do you sure... Days don't make your knee flare up, and I was like, "Well, I just, I think I'm, i think I'm better. I think I'm, I, think my inflammation's lower." A few days later, bang, and I'm in this situation now where I would, I would almost be a little cautious of actually even surfing today because it's, really? it's still, what I call puffy, a bit inflamed and whatever. But the insight comes right round to this point, and it's not ever about really what to eat, what to do um, with this show. It's all about kind of how you are and um, managing shit that's outside of your control, particularly injuries. Ain't easy. And give yourself a break if you get annoyed about it, down about it, frustrated, whatever that may be, because I do, 100%. And it's then yeah. being able to go, right, now I've had my moment. At what point do I now refocus on what I want? Because it has to be a juncture. There has to be a moment where you then start healing again. If you stay in that bit of like, oh, fuck's sake, in a fucking hope in hell. So I'm really swearing today about it. There ain't a hope in Ooh, hell. God, hey, it's surprise, mouth, surprise. Man. There ain't a hope in hell. It's going to heal. Because the healing begins with the mind. It absolutely begins with that mindset.
1: The mindset says, I can and will do this. Guess what? Everything else will take place. But like everything as well, well, I think it's human condition also to expect that when you start making certain improvements, and it could be to make your surfing better, it could be to make your football better, it might just be to make you feel better getting out of bed in the morning, whatever your goal is. right? You think that there's just going to be a continual upward trajectory of improvement day after day, and then you get to the, we say this a lot, and then you get to the magical top of whatever mountain you've decided to climb and you can stay there forever. And it, it doesn't happen, doesn't it? And what happens is you go, you climb a little bit and then you have to come down. It's a, it's like a game of snakes and ladders, right? But one thing's for sure, if you it's keep... so true, snakes and yeah, And you go, yes, I've moved forward a bit. But if you then stay and you don't roll the right dice, and that could metaphorically could be, you know one beer too many or for you kind of histamine heavy foods or things that create that response in your system then it's easy to kind of think that's it oh i can't get you know i've fallen off the wagon or whatever that wagon looks like to you so it's making sure that those setbacks don't prevent you from keeping going i think probably it was only last week we're saying you just have to keep walking along that road there is no kind of destination when it comes to things like health and training you know This old thing about what you're training for, well, you're training for life. So it's important, you know, if you I suppose if you listen to the show, you're into that kind of thing and you want to, you know, especially in reference to surfing, it's important to make those gains, not just mentally, but also physically to take you to a place that feels better. Because we talk about surfing feeling better. And it was the same for me when I sort of broke my back and I felt really sorry for myself and and had these kind of niggles of uh sciatic pain. And that sciatic, almost because it was so chronic, was worse than any break I'd sort of had or any kind of acute pain that I'd sort of been through. Because I felt for a long time like it was never going to go away. And it was almost the opposite that I thought, you know, actually this is now with me forever. And like the gains that I then made through, you know, my meditation, physical repair energy healing, all of the stuff that I threw at it with a lot of motivation to get stronger, you suddenly do come out of it because it's not forever. The The flip side of that is knowing that this state of, uh, what's it called, Homeo- homeostasis, homeostasis mm-hmm. is maybe not forever either unless you keep making the gains. And there will be setbacks along the way. But as long as you're kind of prepared to do the running to keep the improvements going, even when you have those setbacks, then life starts to feel pretty good. And everybody's threshold for what feels good is different, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So you noticing a niggle because of kind of excessive dates is because you kind of attuned your body to that sort of point where you notice that. But it might take somebody else quite a heavy realisation that they've gone so far that they've had something that's chronic then that they have to sort of dial back on. So wherever you're at, it's just realising that those setbacks are only a setback if you allow them to sort of land you in a place where you've got a sort of semi-permanence about about it rather than just thinking okay i know what to do about that now so on i go again
0: 100 percent, dude and what's really fascinating about individuality is the duality within it as in up this end i'll call it my end of deep analysis of nutrition and what i'm getting up to Mm. psychologically physically spiritually emotionally everything yeah that that has huge upsides Mm. is unbelievable levels of well-being yeah at times the flip side the shadow everyone has it is this kind of too much pressure on oneself to be perfect, to expect perfection, and, and just this one straight path. It's good. Oh, yeah, sort of. And also, an overanalysis when there doesn't need to be one. Mm. Because then, so much is, I don't know. And that's the truth, too. Like you're not always going to find the answer either. It's just kind of like this absolute letting go of, like, well, I don't actually fully know either. And so, it's being able to kind of, but then on the other end, if someone, like you said, who kind of lets stuff under the rug, like this, under the rug, and doesn't analyze it at all, doesn't spend any time really going, well, bang, suddenly they can wake yeah. up and it's not working. Yeah. Something's not happening. and It's not helping their surfing and they've got this chronic injury or yeah. whatever it is. But at the same time, that person is probably quite happy just kind of bumming along, being in pain, no big deal, whatever else. And so I think if we can all find ourselves somewhere back towards the middle, mm. for all of us, our surfing is A, going to improve hugely, but also life as well. Yeah. Because I think everyone was born with a nature and it's within that quest to nurture its balance to its optimum i think that's so much of why we we are here and that journey (laughs) it ain't paved with rose petals and joy every single step of the way it's gonna like you said
1: it's gonna be snakes and ladders at times and you're gonna have that well it's inevitable inevitability about that it comes back to surfing you know i was just joking about the closeouts i was surfing in cornwall and you know the home of surfing, if you like in the UK and, uh, and certainly in England. And, um, we do this show and you kind of could think, Oh, I can surf. I can surf. I've been, my surfing's improving. And then you take on a wave that is unfamiliar or closing out and you're thinking, Oh, well, maybe I can't surf anymore. You know, and it's, you go forward and then you take some steps back and you go forward. The key is for me has been to not let things like that be such a mental kind of millstone. If you're around the neck of like, reflecting on it all the time oh shit what if somebody saw me surfing oh that didn't feel very good oh it wasn't rather than just doing the what's it the hope on upon thing the Hawaiian snip every day snip all the heavy stuff at the end of the day and wake up the next day with that gone so that's not there anymore it doesn't exist anymore really really helps but it's hard isn't it in your human mind the busy mind to go let's let it go let it go it's gone Let it go, let it go. Frozen is something we're definitely not today. (laughs) Oh, he knows his cartoons, that fella. He does, he does. Anything you want to share? Mind, body, stoke. I think I'm going to swing all the way through to stoke, but there's a little bits on mind. But we're still doing some of the weakness training, and that's kind of I'll be very interested to see how that goes when we train again on Thursday night in the gym, see if there's been any gains there. Some of the mind stuff I've touched on about this idea that, yeah, you think you've got to a certain level with something, but actually you can have an off day, the conditions might not line up in the right way, you might simply just be human and not be on your A-game or whatever it is. Previously, I think doing the shows helped this. Previously, as I've just alluded to, that would have really kind of weighed very heavy on, you know, it was my last surf of a couple of days of really enjoying surfing. And there were a few other people around, not very many, and I was thinking almost not taking my own advice of surfing like no one's watching. I was actually, and maybe this is the universe teaching me a lesson, thinking, oh, I'll paddle in here because, you know, I feel confident I can surf a little bit now. And turns out I can't. (laughs) But, you know, so I, I had to really let that go from my mind. So that was a work on for me is, as I've been from the very beginning, not riding the lows as well as the highs and that worked. On the stoke level... I popped in, and I just have to give a shout to Steve-O at Karma Surf Shop, because we've been talking a lot about, um especially for me, getting off the board. I love body surfing. I'm, I'm more comfortable in bigger waves without a board sometimes than I am with a surfboard. And so there is this sort of ply revolution where people are back on wooden uh, belly boards that I frankly haven't surfed since I was probably about eight or nine years old. I've yet to try a board. I should, the lesson should have been I should have gone straight in the water with it, but I'm looking at other ways of enjoying the wave. And trying to sort of not just be stuck with the label of surfing. You know, as we asked last week, what is surfing? Well, if you're lying on prone on a board, and you're enjoying the, the wave's energy, you're surfing. If you're belly surfing, or you're hand planing, or whatever it is, then you're still getting the benefits of, of that surf. And actually, having had a body surf on the Thursday, went in with my wife, who's not usually that enthusiastic about going in the in the water, but I went for a swim and a body surf while she bodyboarded. And there was something in the kind of taking the seriousness out of the situation completely that was more enjoyable than some of the surfs I've had recently. And it was a real reminder to not just put those labels on yourself or to have ego hold on to the idea that you've got to walk down to the beach with a surfboard under your arm looking cool. As you know, I do, Will, you know, every day, every time I do it. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> The tendency for us to go into autopilot mode yeah. is our kind of human condition. So we keep doing what we've always done because of habit and the power of habit. You know, you, your body's doing it for you. You're, you're suddenly you're putting that ball under your arm without there being a thought. Like it's just it's happening. And if you've always done what you've always done, then you'll always get what you've always got. So until something changes, nothing changes. I know these are really obvious statements, by the way. <laughs> Novelty, as we know in research, is the it's right up there is one of the biggest boosts you can give your overall well-being. And I think it's to do with evolution. it sort of um, novel foods or novel experiences where a reward system created within the human brain to sort of keep seeking new environments, new territory, so that you can keep getting better nutrition, yeah. better landscapes. So there's a major reward center in the brain for novelty, totally mm. novel experiences. And so if you can create that around your surfing, I have absolutely no doubt you'll be happy. Yeah. No doubt at all. Obviously, like you got the other end, which is like, well, shit, you're standing on a stand-up paddleboard now, mm-hmm. and really don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's totally novel, but you just have getting chucked around, and it's really difficult. So you still got to make it not easy, obviously, but still doable. And that's what's really good about bellyboarding, bodyboarding, because you just in—you
1: never come out of a of a hand surf or a body surf session, hand planing or body surf session, thinking, oh shit, that wave didn't build quite as well as I planned it to, you know. As Steve-O and the gang who do this fringe surfing as well talk about, because I had a, a good chat with him in there. Uh, it's a great shop, by the way, if you want to go down to uh, Karma Surf Shop in Newquay. It takes the like ego right out of the situation. And therefore, you're back in this surf school happy vibe. You're not thinking about what you look like. You're not thinking about whether you made the section. Did you do the cutback, you know, photogenically? You're just kind of messing about. And in play, in was messing about is un- judged joy that's a great place to hang out that little zone
0: really is dude it's that infinite game yeah it's just infinite play there's no boundaries around it just see what you can feel yeah it is really it's the feeling experience that's how we experience yeah see what you can feel is that your last bit on surf media Do you want is that we wanted to mention or you got anything well, for left?
1: surf surf media, i just want to say before you wrap up and talk about your surf media there is um good luck to and they've been doing really well to the Irish and British surfers who are out in El Salvador for the ISA surfing champs. Some people we've maybe spoke about on the show before, like Garage McDade, Stanley Norman, Emily Curry, Lucy Campbell. I think Luke Dillon and Ellie Turner are out there. Very young, very talented surfers showing, you know, as we were saying, people sometimes say, well, do you get waves over there? Well, certainly Ireland gets probably world, world world-class surf. Cornwall as well, and some of the stretches of northeast England into Scotland. And so those kind of young super fit super talented super humble kind of from what i can see crew of surfers are out there absolutely ripping and winning heats and so yeah great to watch actually rather than just looking at all of the names that you might see in surf yeah. mags you know it's it's great to see sort of homegrown talent and people from kind of the near isles doing brilliantly well
0: very cool very cool indeed i just want to mention Torren martin who has i think the second part is out now
1: I is that right? Is. I think it is. I haven't there seen it this yet. There was
0: just two parts that I really think you should check out, should, you might want to check out. If you like very mindful, beautiful, well-shot surf movies with sort of twin fin surfing in very heavy waves, he still rides his 20 in pretty much everything. He surfs some heavy waves on this trip, cold waves.
1: I love his surfing. His
0: surfing is really, really, e- oh my God, he makes it look easy on a 20 on a mid-length now the mid-lengths are they give you a lot of help too if you can get in so early he's not taking off on a 20 on a five-eight on a double of a head slab he is taking off on this mid-length that gets in early enough yeah. to better make that bottom turn but Torin Martin check it out it's the latest in his kind of stuff that he does with Need Essentials And I look, think it's, it's called, called
1: Wild Atlantic
0: Wild Atlantic, is Wild it? Atlantic. Yeah. that's it but it's rad I look forward to watching the second one but cool guys thank you so much
1: for joining us yeah. Enjoy the sunshine if you're uh, on this side of the world. Yeah. And it's a rare With
0: thing. waves maybe.
1: Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Last one guys, see you next week. See you soon. Bye.